Satan's number one goal is to keep us away from God at all costs. And his number one tactic to achieve that goal is so subtle, seemingly so good, that we miss it entirely. Satan tries to get us to be like God without God by having us believe that we become like God because of what we do. Next, on Daily in Christ, we look at the perfect Son of God and perfect Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, and how he countered that great lie. Welcome once again to the Daily in Christ podcast. My name is Mark Van Oos, and I thank you for taking time to listen to the teaching of God's Word. And I want to promise that to you, that week by week, uh, this is not about my thoughts. It isn't uh, about this particular theology or that particular theology. It is centered in on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the teaching of the Scripture under the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sharing that together with us. Well, we have been in the midst of a short series called Exposing Satan's Master's Scheme to Be Like God Without God. Today it's part three, and it probably will go into one more episode before we wrap up this little series. Up until now, the first two parts of this series, we have been focused on the negative, the great lie of Satan, do to be like God. Now, you might be asking, well, if not do to be like God, then what? Well, it's not what, but who. And today, we're going to be focusing on God's brilliant plan in the new creation that is not just you, but the new you in union with Christ. We're going to be focusing specifically on temptations that hit the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God and perfect Son of Man. First of all, let's take a few moments to quickly review. In the first episode of this series, we examine the first origin of do to be like God, and that was the fall of Lucifer, the great archangel who fell and became Satan. In Isaiah 14, 14, we hear Lucifer saying, I will make myself like the Most High. And then in Ezekiel 28, we read that Lucifer's wisdom was corrupted by his glory. You see, Lucifer had lost sight that his glory was because God had made him that way. In the second episode, the one last week, we looked at the fall of our first parents, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve enjoyed God and his amazing goodness in a wonderful paradise called pleasure. That's what the Hebrew word Eden means, pleasure. They had no sin. They had no concept of sin, no history of sin. Well, how in the world did they ever fall? Well, when Satan as the serpent entered into the picture, sin came in. And we saw how Satan's first attack was on God's reputation, namely God's grace, his goodness, and God's truthfulness. And that really shook the foundations for Adam and Eve. 
And even though Adam and Eve were already made in the image and likeness of God, because God had created them that way, Genesis 1.26, Satan convinced them that they would be like God if, now that's the problem right there, there was no if, they were as much like God as God had made them to be. And yet Satan says uh, that they could be like God if they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, you can be like God because of what you do. Let me say that again. You, the lie is you can be like God because of what you do. And that's the do to be like God lie. It's a deadly tactic that Satan uses. As a matter of fact, it's his number one strategy to distract us from God back onto ourselves and our doing to be like God. Please remember, Satan's number one goal is to keep you and me away from God. His number one strategy to achieve that goal is to get us to think, as he did our first parents, that we become like God because of what we do. Therefore, the logical conclusion is, well, I have to learn to do better. I have to study better doing and stop doing bad things to be more like God. That's all a lie. It's all a strategy of the devil to keep us away from God. And if you have any questions about that, listen. If you missed the first two parts of this series, you really need to listen to those because it lays important foundations of the origins of that great lie. First, in the fall of Lucifer, who became Satan. That's the first episode. In the second episode, the fall of Adam and Eve. Before we go any further, it is so important that we pray and we ask God by the Holy Spirit to give us illumination and understanding. Otherwise, it's like we're groping around in the dark. Only God can bring that enlightenment. Only God can turn the light on of revelation that we may see. And Jesus said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Let's pray. Father, we come to you You are good, and I thank you, Lord, that you are good, and you are true. We counter the lie of Satan that has been echoed from the Garden of Eden all the way down through the millennia since, that um, you are not good somehow, that you're somehow depriving us. That's not true. You are supremely and infinitely good, and I thank you, Lord, that you are true. And so, Father, out of your goodness and your truth, I just thank you, Lord, for the Bible, the Scripture, the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have tangible, written words. But, Father, we humbly admit that we cannot and must not try to grasp or comprehend the Bible, the Word of God, through our own human understanding, our own doing. Lord, even that we are dependent upon you to bring the enlightening work of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we may know you better. And Father, as we go through this episode and this lesson, and we 
look at the Lord Jesus and how he, as the perfect son of God and perfect son of man, overcame the temptations of Satan. He did not succumb to that great lie due to become like God. Father, help us to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are going to look, as a matter of fact, you might as well go to Luke chapter 4. We're going to look at uh, how Satan attacked the Lord Jesus with temptation. That's in Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. First of all, as you're traveling there, I want to point out some important warning signs that the devil is managing to keep us away from God by distracting us with trying to do to become like God. So where do we see this uh, strategy of do to become like God manifesting? Well, whenever the emphasis is on what we do for God, instead of what God has already done for us through Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. Whenever the emphasis is on what we do for God instead of what God has already done for us through Jesus Christ, that's a warning sign, a symptom that we have bought into Satan's great tactic to keep us away from God. We've bought into the lie that we become like God based on what we do. Another example, if a teaching or even our own thoughts ends up on us instead of ending up on Christ, this is a sign that Satan has succeeded in his strategy of do to become like God, which draws us away from God to self. Look, I know I'm killing some religious sacred cows here, but we must to clear away the, we must do this to clear away the path for the truth. And what is that truth? Not what But who? In John chapter 14, verse 6, the Lord Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the truth is Christ himself. And not only is he the truth, he's the way, the means of the Father toward godliness. He is life and eternal life. John 14, verse 6. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, was begotten of the Father as the Son, as the Son of Man. And Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. And Jesus as a man, Scripture tells us that Jesus was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 14, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 15. No other man faced the full blast of every single kind of temptation that Satan could dig up like Jesus did. More than anyone or anything, Satan schemed in every diabolical way to trip up Jesus in temptation and get him into sin. You see, if Jesus sinned and failed, even once, His sacrifice for us would be useless since the law demands 100% perfect obedience 100% of the time. And if Jesus sinned and failed with no sacrifice, that would leave us in our sin condemned under the wrath of God without redemption and hurtling into hell. 
But the good news is Jesus never once sinned. Even though he constantly faced the storm blast of Satan's cunning temptations, including Satan's number one strategy to keep us away from God, the the lie, we become like God by what we do. We must do to be like God. All right, are you at Luke chapter 4? Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13, we're going to look at this scriptural account of a uh, temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, he had uh, been baptized by John in the River Jordan. When he came up, the father affirmed him and said, this is my my son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. And the first thing that happened was the spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. No food, no water for 30 days. Can you imagine that? Well, that's what happens when this incident with Satan occurs. Luke chapter four, beginning in verse one. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. (laughs) I can understand after 40 days of no food, you would be hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Now do you notice the pattern, the tactic that Satan employed to get at Jesus and pull him away from the Father into sin? Every single time it was do this to prove you are God. There were three temptations two of which out of the three, the devil said, if you are the son of God, do. Now, was Jesus the son of God? Absolutely. There's no if about it. And yet here's Satan saying, if you are the son of God, do. Remember what happened to Adam and Eve? They had already been made in the image and likeness of God. 
before Satan ever came along. That's recorded in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. They were as much like God and in his image as God, their creator, intended. And yet Satan came up to them and said, well, you know, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And here he is, Satan against Jesus, two out of the three temptations. If you are the son of God, do. Now let's look at that first temptation in verse three. Satan says to the Lord Jesus, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Now here's the attacks. First of all, it was an attack on Jesus' being. As I said a moment ago, he is, he was, and ever is the eternal son of God. Yet Satan is saying, if you are the son of God. This was also an attack to Jesus, the son of man, taking advantage of Jesus' fleshly, human vulnerability of hunger. He was, after 40 days, obviously very hungry. And here's Satan saying, command this stone to become bread. Well, here is how Jesus countered this first temptation. Look at verse 4. He says this, It is written, Jesus counters Satan's deceptions and lies with the reality of God's word. That's so key. And he says this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You see it? We live by means of God and his word. And that is how that first temptation was countered with the reality of God's word. It is written. Now we go over to verses six and seven. And Satan says this to the Lord Jesus, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Now here's the attacks of Satan. First of all, Jesus already owned all and their glory because of who he is. Psalm 24 verse 1 says this, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Is the earth Satan's? No, it is the Lord's. And so Jesus already as the son of God owned all and all of the glory of the world because of who he is. You see, this second temptation is an indirect attack on Jesus being divine. Jesus already had all authority. And we read this at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus did not have to do something to be God and have God's authority. He is God and ever shall be already. And so there you see it, do to become like God. Now here's Jesus' counter to that second temptation. And I want to go back to uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 8. Luke chapter 4, verse 8. Jesus countered that and said, without skipping a beat, 
Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. Do you see it bringing forth the truth and the reality of God's word? You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. You know, when Jesus said to Satan, get behind me, Satan, that's because Jesus is the head and not the tail. Uh, It's because Jesus is Lord. And the scripture says, you shall worship the Lord your God. That's what the Lord Jesus quoted in him only. Now, when he cited the word Lord there in my version, the New King James Version, Lord, L-O-R-D, is capitalized. And wherever we see that, it actually is the Hebrew name Jehovah. Jehovah. And Jehovah means I am that I am. So Jesus, encountering this second temptation of Satan, says, you shall worship the Lord Jehovah, your God, and him only shall you serve. God alone is the great I am. And our being as his creatures is the direct result of his I am. Let me say that again. God is the great I am. And our being is is the direct result of his I am. Now let's move to the third temptation. This is in verse 9. Then Satan brought him up to Jerusalem, set him up on the pinnacle of the temple. You know, I just it just occurred to me. Satan put him up on the pinnacle of the temple. I mean, he could have put him up on, I don't know, a hill or a mountain or a cliff. There were plenty of those around that vicinity. But he put him up on the pinnacle of the temple, God's holy place. What an insult to God. And said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, there it is again, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Let's look at the attacks. First of all, Satan says, if you are the son of God. If Jesus already was and forever is the son of God. Jesus does not need to do anything for anybody, least of all Satan. He is the son of God. That is the attack that Satan had right there. He says, you know what? If you are the son of God, do this. Well, here's Jesus' counter. Notice, Jesus viewed this particular temptation as as tempting God. He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, that's uh, capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah associated with the divine name, which means I am. God is. God is not because of what he does, God is because of his being. God's doing is the direct result of his being. Our being is the direct result of God's being, not our doing. This is important to understand. This is biblical truth here. We have to throw out the lie and embrace the truth. God's do, God is 
because of his being. He is the great I am. And God's doing is the direct result of his being. Our being as creatures of the creator God is the direct result of God's being, not our doing. We do not do in order to be. We do not do in order to be or become. We are because God is I am. Do you get it? And then in verse 12, he says, you shall not tempt the Lord. That's Jehovah. I am your God. Satan was pretty brash. But you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ did not succumb as our first parents did in the garden thousands of years ago when they bought the lie that they could do something to be more like God. No, they were like God because of what God did, what God has done. And remember, please, what this is all about. Let's get the big picture in mind. Satan's number one goal is to keep us away from God at all costs. He achieves this goal with his number one strategy of getting us to believe that we become like God because of what we do. In other words, do to be like God. And I think by now you can tell that's the lie of Satan himself. Well, what do we learn about Satan's strategy of keeping us away from God by observing his temptations of Jesus? Well, first of all, the temptations are directed at the humanity of Jesus as the son of man. Jesus, in his humanity, was tempted because he was temptable. He had human flesh. However, God is not temptable. So according to Jesus' divinity, not temptable. But where Satan could get in and tempt was according to his humanity. And you understand why the Lord Jesus had to become man. Well, we found that out a lot in um, Hebrews, but there had to be a body. Uh, There had to be that uh, interaction with uh, mankind. There had to be a human being who obeyed the Father from the heart at all times, 100% of the time, not sinning once. Why? Because first Adam failed. And through him, sin, death, and condemnation came through. There needed to be another human, another Adam. And he did not fail. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, I have uh, heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one jot or tittle of the law shall pass away. Jesus said, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And that he did. And he had to do it as full humanity. Jesus is and was full humanity, full divinity. And so Satan tempted him by way of his humanity. That's encouraging to us because, and and let me go over to one of those points in uh, Hebrews that points this out. 
And if you were with us in that teaching of Hebrews, and even if you're not, the book of Hebrews is like this incredible uh, checklist of God, point by point by point by point. The Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled all, point by point by point. From the moment of his conception to the point when he uttered that cry from the cross, in Greek, it's tetelestai, which means all is accomplished, and that is in the perfect tense, the Greek word of the, the Greek perfect tense of the word, teleo, and that meant all has been accomplished, never ever to be repeated again. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, and this is one of those things that Jesus did to fulfill all and gives us big reason why he had to become man. Inasmuch then, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. I just feel like cheering. Woo! Hallelujah! Jesus shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For he, for indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted." Isn't that powerful? Because Jesus shared in our humanity all the dimensions of redemption were unfolded. I don't have time to go through this. If you want to go back in our Hebrew series when we're in this chapter, there's a lot more depth than that, and you can get that for free at our website, dailyinchrist.org. But it says there in verse 18, Hebrews 2.18, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. You see, all of the schemes that Satan directed to the Lord Jesus that we see there in Luke chapter 4 were fleshly, human in nature. Verse 3, Jesus was hungry after 40 days, so Satan tempted him to change the stone to bread and deal with his hunger. Or in verse 5, showing all the kingdoms of the world. Well, that took sight to be able to see it. And then in verse 9, being saved from the physical danger and death of a fall. And that one, that particular temptation was actually tempting God. You see, in one way or another, Satan was tempting Jesus with this. Do this and you'll be like the Son of God. That's the ancient lie that Satan himself said and recorded in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14. I will make myself like the Most High. That's when he was Lucifer, the high angel, and he fell. Well, when it comes to do, what did the Lord Jesus Christ himself say? Well, I'd like you to see this. I need you to turn to John chapter 5, John chapter 5, and look at this in verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 19. 
And if it's, uh, you can do it, if it's convenient to get to the word, grab it right now. I need you to see this. This is powerful. What was it when it came to doing that the Lord Jesus Christ did? John chapter five, verse 19. Here's the Lord Jesus himself speaking. And he said to them, most assuredly, I say to you. Now, whenever Jesus would say that, it's just like, listen up. Here is a very important truth. Don't miss it. Or as the King James would say, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he, the father does, the son also does in like manner. Let me say that verse again, John 5, 19. Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. Now, did you notice there in John five nineteen, the Lord Jesus said the son can do nothing of himself as opposed to won't do nothing of himself. You see, it is impossible for Jesus to do anything of himself. Everything he did is of the Father. It's like I said, I think in the last broadcast, you know, one of the popular things that was kind of resurrected from a book that was written 100 years ago is this WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? And it's all focused on the do of Jesus. And I would say that that is, again, another manifestation of the devil's clever trick to pull us away from God by having us focus in this case, well, gee, what would the Lord Jesus do in this kind of circumstance? I'll tell you what Jesus did. He could do nothing of himself. What he did was what the Father was doing. That's key. You see, it was indeed impossible for the Lord Jesus to do anything of himself. Everything was of the Father. Now, let me ask you this question, Christian. If Jesus could do nothing of himself, then who are you to think you can? If Jesus could do nothing of himself, then who do you think you are when you think you can? Jesus said of us, John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. In John 6, it says this, the flesh profits nothing. And then you go over to Philippians chapter 3, one of the biggest doers of all time. And that was the Apostle Paul, who before he was saved, was known as a Pharisee by the name of Saul. And what did he do? Well, he did a lot. You know, he was, uh, well, cream of the crop, born of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things, in other words, all this do, right? He's in the law. Okay, I need to do this. I need to stop doing this. I need to do this. I need to stop doing this. I need to do this. I need to stop doing this. You know what? What happened with the Pharisees when the Lord Jesus showed up? When the Messiah that they had been waiting for so long showed up, they missed the day of visitation. Why? Because they were focused on do. 
And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, the Apostle Paul says this, but what things were gained to me, all this stuff I did, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. And the Greek word is actually dung. All of his due, he considered dung compared to something else, knowing God. Are you connecting the dots here? If Satan's number one tactic to keep us away from God is to have us believe that we become like God or more like God because of something we do, then the opposite of that is forsaking do and say, Lord, my being is the result of your being. You are the creator. I am the created. And God likeness is not because of what I do. It's because of what you do. And here's the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, apart from me, John 15, 5, you can do nothing. And over in Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, listen to this truth. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 says this, for in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yeah, most Bible-believing Christians would say, yep, that's true. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Christ. But how many Christians know verse 10, Colossians 2.10? And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Most Christians will shy away from that. They'll balk at that. Now, wait a minute, complete? Yeah, you know what the Bible means? Complete, full, fill, all the way overflowing. Why? It's because the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ bodily. That means all of the Father, all of the Son, all of the Spirit. Is there anything lacking with Jesus? No. And then verse 10 says this, you are complete in him who is the head of all principality. The Bible teaches here that the believer is in Christ. And by the way, over 150 times in the New Testament, we find various references to us being in Christ. And then in Colossians 1.27, it says this mystery, which has been hidden, now revealed to the saints, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, we're going to stop right there because the next episode, and this will be the last one in this four-part series, is going to be focusing on union with Christ. And we're going to start off in John chapter 17, where the Lord Jesus is talking about his union, his unity with the Father and the Spirit. And remember what I said just a few moments ago, we pointed out John five nineteen, where the Lord Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of God can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. This is going to be powerful stuff. Next time on the Daily in Christ podcast, we're going to be talking about union with Christ and the power of that. Um, 
Much is revealed in John chapter 17 about Jesus as the Son of God and Son of Man. And all that he did, all of the amazing things, all the miracles, all the casting out of demons, every word that so beautifully and perfectly flowed out of his lips, everything he did was because of his union and oneness with the Father. And then this extends to the new creation. Most Christians don't know this, uh, these truths. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old has passed away. Behold, all has become new. There's so much powerful teaching. I'm excited. I want to share it with you about the not only the counter to this whole strategy of Satan. Remember, uh, this is, uh, we've been focusing on Satan's number one master scheme or strategy to keep us away from God. And that is due to be like God, to be like God without God, because we're focused on our doing to be like God. I hope this is of great benefit for you. I trust it is as we are diligently teaching the word of God, centering in on the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us close looking to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you and we praise you. We love because you first loved us. And Father, we are because you are, I am. Lord, in Take the teaching, take what we had here today from your word. Lord, we refuse to try to grasp this through human understanding, through flesh, but we trust you, Lord, Holy Spirit, to illuminate, to turn the light on. Lord, may we know you as the Apostle Paul said, he considered all that doing to be done compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing the Lord Jesus. Father God, we want to know you. Thank you for your son. Thank you that you're knowable. And Father, uh, in deeper way, bring the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dear friend, if this podcast, if this series, even today's teaching is a blessing in your life, I encourage you to listen to it, uh, allow the word to soak in, but don't keep it for yourself. Would you please tell it to a few close friends? Um, This podcast is extremely shareable from our website. You can share it via Twitter or Facebook. If it's a blessing, let others know. We have no advertising budget. We just believe in the old-fashioned way. Tell it to a few good friends. Let them know about the Daily in Christ podcast. Uh, This is one centered on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, sharing about the new covenant, the grace of God, and the great blessing that God means to bring in our lives so that we glorify him. More information is available at our website, dailyinchrist.org. That's dailyinchrist.org.